Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, noted Guy Fieri lookalike. How dare you? And a man who truly appreciates a good Jaws rip. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. This is Dissecting the 80s. Every other week, the two of us sit down and dissect a piece of 1980s pop culture, be it movie, television show, or something in between. And we talk about all the weird, wild, wacky, and wonderful in it. We're so glad you joined us this week because we're kicking off the summer with the sort of spiritual sequel to an episode that was really popular a few months back, Better Off Dead. Today we're here to talk about one crazy summer. So you know what that means. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go dissect the 80s. It's your regatta. Something's gotta be done about your regatta. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I always think the word regatta sounds like ricotta, which I think would be a very different, fun competition. <laughs> Just a lot of people eating soft cheese. No, making ricotta. Oh, it's oh. the it's a ricotta competition. <laughs> it's a ricotta. It's a ricotta. A, a ricotta regatta. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is not really a sequel, but a lot of the gang is back and, yeah. and definitely, uh, if nothing else, totally the same tone as better off dead. It's an interesting tone that I, I don't know if I can get into in any mindset, which is weird. Cause again, it's still very Heathersy and, yeah, and yeah. otherworldly ethereal weirdness. Right. But I was like, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't click into it this as much. Okay. I think I enjoyed Better Off Dead more than this one. I think so. We'll, we'll save like a longer talk about that um, until the end. Uh, this one, like that one, starts with uh, animated sequence intro, and it's uh, John Cusack with a voiceover doing kind of a sad sack. Hey, I've never been in love, and, and life is kind of a bummer for me. He also doesn't know how rhinos work. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, he was, they're like... They like pull on his horn and call it his nose, and then later he's crying and he's got tears in his eyes and snot coming out the base of his horn. Ah, uh, yes. And he like sniffles and the horn squiggles up, and then the snot goes back in. And I was like, "That's not. That's not. <laughs> rhinos have nostrils. They have. Man. They have noses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I could see a cartoon rhino having that similar problem. Yeah, but also I was like, "That's just like animal biology, dude." Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Uh, this is a total aside, but it's weird to do this in the same room. I know. I, I was <laughs> like, really we weird. haven't done this this way. In a long time. It's probably been more than six months. And I also, like, with this much more elaborate two-person gear setup, it's like, I feel like Terry Gross here. I'm like, <laughs> welcome to the Dissecting the 80s studio. Our guest this week is Andrew Leno, here to talk us through one crazy summer. Take us back to the summer of 1986. Um Oh, uh, so it's graduation time for Hoops McCann, which is the character that Cusack is playing. I this. did not make the connection that he was called Hoops, and Hoops is in basketball until it was mentioned later in the film. I think that's fine, like because his name is mentioned so like in passing. Yeah, and also like not for nothing, like this is the second, uh, this is the second Cusack movie in the '80s that I recall where he plays someone who has some athletic inclination. The other one being say anything where he's like a karate guru oh right and, i forgot that was kickboxing, I've never, kickboxing i was like i've never seen it but i know it's like a weird sport yeah and i like cusack and this is like peak attractive handsome cusack but he does not strike me as an athletic type of person no, at, all. Not at all so, so the idea that they're like oh yeah he's really good at basketball i'm like no he's not 
I feel like because like skiing for me, I don't like. There's no. I don't think there's a look to someone who's good at skiing. Okay, that's true. Skiing was another one. Thir- so three, three. Like, I, I, like there's people like oh, like that person you know is really tall. They're probably good at basketball. That person has like short and has like strong legs. They're probably right. good at soccer. But like, right. I don't have like a visual of like oh, that person's good at skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also just like he's. I mean, he's John Cusack's probably like five ten. Like mm-hmm. he's not. He doesn't look like a basketball player. Uh, but so yeah, he's he's supposedly very good, and uh, it's graduation day, and his mom comes in and is like, "Hey, your cap and gown's here. Uh, don't worry, I washed it for you." And she has it in a teeny little box. Yeah, and I was like, "Washed it?" And then she says, "It's rented." And I was like, "People, like, I'm so glad that like they let you keep the paper thin hospital gown that you paid forty five dollars for." Now here's the thing, though, I would have rather paid ten and rented it and had it be like just the thing. Do you think it was the same price just to rent it? Oh, I mean, I imagine it wasn't forty five nineteen eighty six dollars. Sure, but like, what do you ever do with that thing again? Nothing. Costume. Yeah, that is like, I it's I have like people who do stuff like burlesque or drag or whatever. Like, oh yeah, I've used that in a number before. Yeah, but like the average person is not doing a burlesque or drag number. I don't I don't know if you're aware, but that is sort of a niche hobby. Apparently, <laughs> it's not exactly uh, you know an everyday thing. So I could I could get behind just having like a rental one. But, well, because I have our our high school was blue. Yeah, and both of our colleges were black. So I I was like, oh, yeah. I got two different colors. I, I should have, like, have given you mine for college. That would have been made a lot of sense. Oh, because they're height based, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Although, no, wait, what is the? It's I'm like, sure it would have been fine. I don't. I didn't want it to be. Like, I don't want to have a train. I don't want to be Princess we, Diana. We, we can cut it short. <laughs> we'll just we'll just do uh, like cutoffs. It's a cutoff gown. <laughs> yeah, little Daisy Dukes. Yeah, exactly. Everybody fine. Which is what Cusack has in this movie. He has like little cap sleeves, and even the the even, hat. Yeah, the mortarboard is even shrunk, which I like a lot. That that's one of my favorite visual gags. Do you think that was like? A like fifth grade, like a like a fifth grader graduation. Uh, I think thing. they probably just custom made it, but yeah, it does look like he's wearing a child. I think I because well, I feel like custom making that it's got to be a lot of effort. I would think they probably. Yeah. I I would imagine the hat is at least like a child's hat. And yeah, they just yeah. Cut the sleeves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- just like Better Off Dead, this movie has this sort of you know zany, definitely not of this world atmosphere to it. Where dreamlike, I would say. Yeah, dreamlike is what we're searching for there. Um, so there's a lot of like really nice goofy cutaways and strange. Did that things. guy die? Who at graduation? They offer their caps yeah, in the air. I think he does die. Yes. And then a dude like does like the heart attack sound, collapses under Cusack, and he just drops him into a chair and is like, okay. Yeah, he's kind of like glazed eyed, staring into the middle distance. I think he is dead. I think that is the bit. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, so his sidekick in this movie is Joel Murray, who is, I believe, the ninth Murray brother, like Bill Murray, Brian. Oh, Joel my Murray. God. Are you serious? Yeah, I believe he's the ninth or he's eighth or ninth. There's it's a big family. I forgot. that the, I didn't know that there were like Murray's like there were Baldwin's. Yeah. Um, and Joel is like many, many years later in Bobcat Goldthwaite's movie. God bless America. I think it's called. I'm gonna double. That check is it. a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Yeah. Okay. So he's in that one where he goes on this like murderous rampage. And... Oh, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that movie, but I've never seen it. It's it's it was on Netflix a, a while back, and I watched it. Um, My ex liked it a lot. Bobcat Goldthwait as a director is really interesting to me, but I don't like a lot. Hey, of his... Guys, I, I need you to go to the left. 
Oh, that was so loud. Sorry. <laughs> I'm now but it was deaf. Decent. I'm now deaf in both ears. Thank you. <laughs> but it was a decent uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. It was all right. Yeah, so also filling out this movie, we've got The Return of Curtis Armstrong, a.k.a. Booger. Just call him Booger. That's what I know him as. <laughs> well, I believe his Twitter handle is something like I am Booger or something like that. So um, Know what you're known for. Yeah. Uh, and then also we've got Bobcat Goldthwait of Andrew's bad impression and interdirecting fame. Uh, so it's those four plus... One of our all-time favorites, Demi Moore. I saw, I was like, is that Demi Moore? <laughs> um, so hopefully we don't spend this entire episode calling her Courtney Cox by she mistake. Prob- we probably will. So we're sorry. Um, okay, so real quick about Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Have you ever seen the show Rick and Morty? Uh, I've seen it. I'm not like uh, way, way up on it. That's about where I am. My friends watch it a lot, and okay. I've seen a couple episodes. Um, Rick is the doctor, because it's doc- it was it was Doc and Marty yeah, being yeah. Rick and Morty. The way Rick talks, like the cadence and the breaks in his speech remind me of how the like the way Bobcat Goldthwait patterns his speech. Yeah. I've been like, you gotta do the thing. It's just like a weird Yeah. There's like, less burping with Bobcat than No, it, I feel like Bobcat has the like whereas Rick has the burps. It's a little more guttural. Guys. Like I was I can't believe that's also you told me that was a fake voice and I was I was angry. Yeah, he doesn't talk like that. I was angry yeah. with him. Yeah, but that, that was a thing with like stand-ups from that era though. Like there were lots of people whose like whole shtick was like, this like weird character they've created and 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 like some of them, like Andrew Dice Clay, just became that character. And he's the like, "Ho! Oh, yeah, I fucked her in the eye or whatever." Like he's the grossest monster human. Um but Bobcat eventually. Like, I would. Stopped. I wish Andrew Dice Clay like went home and like drank tea and knitted. Like the, his his like real li- private life was just like I'm gonna watch Downton Abbey tonight and yeah. uh, the, the, make the, a sweater. The classic sad clown where you just like you know pop pop the gear off. It's like you know I imagine Guy Fieri like he goes to his diners, dives and dives. He comes home, he like strips off that grease paint makeup <laughs> and he washes the spikes out of his hair. No, he just he takes just has... off. He takes he takes off the backwards visor hat with the spikes attached. <laughs> It's not a. It's not visor. It's a backward sunglasses. Uh, yeah, it's just it's sunglasses. But he pulls the wig. He pulls it off. Yeah, exactly. Like I imagine that's his like day to day. He has a cucumber tea sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know why we got into that weird sidetrack, but I don't uh, hate it though. That's who's in the movie. Uh, and not Guy Fieri. Not Guy Fieri. Definitely not in this movie. Um, can we call him Fieri to like further like no, we're not gonna call you Fieri. No. Your guy Fieri. No, because I think it annoys you more if it's Fieri. I think that's because he, he my, hasn't earned that. My goal is to be as annoying. He as hasn't earned to that. You basically, in all situations. I also like that the town that they're from is generic New York. Yeah, I liked. That's more it was that cute. dream stuff. Yeah. Um, Joel Murray is basically like, look, I got this great summer gig lined up. Let's let's go spend. We'll have this great summer together. We'll go hang out and do all this cool stuff. And like, you know, next year we go off to college and, and, and what happens? What happens happens. It feels like a lot of really familiar movies because of that. It has mm. that sort of, you know, it's our last summer. And last summer is out of high school, after high school is a pretty standard movie trope that yeah. still exists to this it, day. It also, like, in three years winds up meaning absolutely nothing because you probably won't talk to those people yeah. very much anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of that, you know, everybody can relate to that weird mile, first big milestone of your life in, yeah. in that thing. Was getting a car for graduation a thing ever? I'm sure it was in some places. Because I was like, I feel like... Sweet sixteen getting a car is like a, a like that feels like a, a thing to me, but I was like, why would you? I don't like because that's when you get your license. That's when right, all that happens. Right. 
So it was like car graduation? I guess it makes sense. You know, you're going off to college. You have maybe a need for it more than you would in other places. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's sort of what I was thinking. Um, but I love the bit with the car where, you know, it's a station wagon for this guy and a pickup truck for this guy. And then this girl gets a nice coupe or whatever. And then Cusacks is like a ridiculous piece of mining equipment. Basically. Yeah, I was like, he basically got a, uh, a bobcat. No. Yeah. What's it called? A caterpillar? Caterpillar, yeah. basically. Um, but I was bummed that it didn't come back later. Yeah, I would have liked... I'm sure it's expensive to rent, and that's why, but I was hoping for, like, Chekhov's... Well, they also would have had to bring it to the island of Nantucket. Right, that would have been great. Like, if they brought it... But, but then you have to show them bringing it with them. Yeah. I wanted them putting that on the ferry and stuff. Like, that's that's what I want. Um, is this, the, the other thing that's weird about this one in particular... Uh, versus better off dead, and I think probably the reason I don't I care for it as much is there's almost this Jaws spoof element, like not just the fact that there's a fake Jaws being shot on the island, but the whole kind of setup for it has a lot of Jaws pieces, and I I thought that was interesting, but mm-hmm. also kind of hurt the movie a little. A little bit, yeah. I, I I don't think it needed it, whether or not that was there super intentionally. Right, right. To me, it felt a little Goonies. Yeah, it definitely has a little bit of Goonies going on because of that like gonna they want to buy the town the rich people or the yeah enemies. yeah it's it's weirdly like very directly it's goonies crossed with summer rental yes because it's the dude trying to buy the town and then the big sailing competition that's like the last 25 and there's the a movie. turn it around montage yeah 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 we'll, turn it or turn in turn it around. Oh, I thought yeah so. we'll, we'll 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 get there in due time um, also so literally the other week i was like Trying to think, I have so many. Like, I've seen so many movies as a kid that, like, I remember like a scene, and right. it's hard to type into Google like movie where this happens. Right, right. And I was like, I don't. So I've so I've stopped since stopped googling and just like tried to like write down the scenes I remember so I can like bring yeah. them up to someone and be like, I'm not crazy. Find this. <clears throat> and I was like, There's a movie I saw as a kid where like two little kids are like making faces at something and someone slaps them on the back and their face sticks because the old wives tale that like oh your face will stick that way and then i was like oh it's this movie (laughs) this is the movie that apparently i've seen as a child it's funny because i had one of them that turned out to be this movie as well the one where booger gets hung up on the wall and made to be a basketball hoop Mm -hmm. i remembered that and i thought that was in one of the nerds movies that does feel like something that would happen in revenge of the nerds though absolutely so the kids get getting their face stuck that way. The we were introduced to Joel Murray's little sister, who has this dog that everyone keeps talking about how ugly and weird this dog is, and I didn't I didn't get it. It was like a little mangy looking. It had a bunch of band aids on it. It was like a classic mutt, but they were talking about like, oh, that dog looks like it's from outer space, and I was very confused. Like it it definitely doesn't. I think they should have shaved stuff into the. Do- it should have been had like patches shaved out of it and like yeah trimmed down yeah yeah. Uh, Which so- I don't know. I guess I don't know if like. Being poorly groomed counts as like animal cruelty. I I, it's funny. My first thought was like that sounds crappy for that dog, but I mean, I guess it's not good for that dog. But I don't think I don't think just like having some fur missing is cruel. To, I don't know. I mean, I guess they would then probably the SPA, just SPCA is just like tweeting at us. Tweeting at us right? Like we're not even done. It's gonna get this. eight. We're gonna get eight tweets that have the do- the ellipsis at the beginning and the end. <laughs> One slash two yeah. slash, and we're like I, we haven't even come to a decision on opinion. But I feel like well, because I know I know people like shaving your dog for like the summer. It's yeah, that's a thing. The common thing for most dogs. Yeah, yeah. I needed I needed like. I needed this dog to be very weird, given how weird everyone treats it. But I was like, they should have gone to like a shelter and been like, "What's the weirdest dog that no one's ever gonna adopt? It's been here for like four years." 
we're going to take it and make it think it's getting adopted and then bring it back here for you to kill it in six months. No, someone would have adopted it, probably. <laughs> someone fell in love with it on the set. Probably. Is this going to be like last week when I, or last last episode when I made up all that fiction about the goot? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, basically. Uh, so, so this crossing guard is drinking a... I think she's drinking a beer. It was hard to tell. Probably. But it looked like she was drinking she's drinking a beer. She's my kind of gal. Yeah. And she's how, and then she's the one who warns these kids about their faces getting stuck, and, and then they're, they're, they get swatted in the back by the girl with the dog. and, and They turn into Twilight like, Zone monsters? Yeah, they look just like the, the, the one Beauty where... is in the eye of the beholder. Yes, where the, the woman has the bandages on her face, and she's going to get her face unbandaged, and then the nurses and the doctor's faces are like pig feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was assuming not everyone listening to this show has encyclopedic right. knowledge of Twilight Zone <laughs> oh, episodes. Oh, the episode Eye of the Beholder. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, you know, that, 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 that television show episode from 60 years ago that you were able to just call up like that. I'm assuming not everybody has that mental Rolodex. Tweet at us if you do have that mental Rolodex, though. <laughs> I would love to know who in our audience is like, yeah, no, I knew it was Eye of the Beholder. <laughs> uh, and then we're introduced to uh, Demi Moore, who is got a guitar slung over his shoulder i also like the trope of like literally they leave like they just threw their cap they just caught their caps and they were like let's go to vacation right now yes. and i was like <laughs> what 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 okay yeah no party no, no packing out. no <laughs> they pre-packed that's my thing i was like there was no packing that happened and you're leaving for the summer they're like literally our graduation ends at 11 14 and at 11 15 we're in the car on the way to nantucket yes uh yeah no, which I, I didn't know what state it was in i just knew it was in the northeast new england i knew yeah it was well new england isn't just massachusetts is it no yeah i knew yeah i knew it was like there yeah i was just oh i was, I was just like saying, I was yes like, new england i was new england isn't a state andrew would, you know yeah, that, right you, yes <laughs> you're aware that that's not a state yes. okay um so yeah there's Demi Moore. she's got this guitar and these like really goofball braids and she's hiding some money in the bathroom yeah they did really little effort to make her look like a hippie it, they basically gave her like fringe on her outfit, fringe in her outfit, and like four <laughs> random braids in yeah, her hair. Yeah, and I was like, that's weak sauce, guys. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't their best work, um, especially because they gave one of the bikers a friggin' party city wig. Yeah, that was weird. He has a purple, like pointy, spiky wig. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, so Cusack is in the bathroom. He washes his hands. He dries them off, and he finds just like a couple of hundreds sticking out of the paper towel dispenser. Where which I thought money. was a cool place, to, a smart, uh, like a cool place to hide them. Yeah, like, yeah. Quixies. Yeah. So Cusack is, uh, he finds this money and he realizes what's happening, that they're they're like shaking down to me more for this. And so he's like, hey, is this your money? And he just starts like throwing fistfuls of it in the air. And running outside. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that's a, that's the plan? Yeah. <laughs> it's a really bad plan. That's an awful plan. Yeah. Although better than the plan where he just like takes the money and is like, peace. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I funded our vacation. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. With your stingy ass grandma. <laughs> so so Demi joins them in the car and they, they go they go jetting off and get No, chased. she magics herself into that car. She apparates into that car. <laughs> that, okay, that is true. Because basically they have the they have Demi Moore like up against the stall and he is like standing by the door so it's the the it's the door, then John Cusack, then the group, then Demi Moore. That is the like lineup of things. Right, right. He runs outside, throws the money in the air. Then a swarm of people come to take the money, and the bikers are all like, "That's my money!" and trying to take it. He like he like dukes of hazards his way across the car into the <laughs> into the window, 
and is like, just drive. And then all of a sudden, Demi Moore pops up in the back seat next to the little sister and the mangy dog. Yep. And yep. I was like, yeah, drive. <laughs> so they pull away dragging a Witchcraft. gas pump. Yeah, well, That's certainly true. Uh, and they're also dragging a gas pump behind. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. Because um, it's an old style car where the gas, the gas cap thing was behind the license plate. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the at one point the pump like skitters to a stop and smashes into stuff and I know it wouldn't make sense to explode it but I really wanted it to explode yeah. I thought it would have exploded um, not in the like the world of logic but like in the world of this movie it would have exploded exactly exactly and then they get to the ferry and it's like oh no the boat's pulling away and Joel Murray's like we got this and just punches it and the boat the the boat is way, way too, too far, far. <laughs> way too far the car. <laughs> Clearly didn't make the jump. No, like even like in the the stunt car, because I was. Like, oh yeah, they cut. They do some. Re- it's like they cut to the car and it like peaks and starts coming down, and then they cut to the boat real fast, and then the car comes down into the boat. Like it did nowhere I was like, no, near. No, 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 not at all. And I, I was like, it needed the like ramp element, the of like one half of a drawbridge where it's like, oh, it comes down so people can get on the boat, and then it comes up to like pretend pe- protect people from falling off. I needed like. It's coming up. We yeah. have an angle. Yeah. And then it got too, it should have been there and then too high for the bikers. Yes. That's what it should have been. Instead, the bikers make the jump, or at least one biker makes the jump too, and he gets a bunch Pink of hair. fish stuck on his party city wig. Yeah. It's like there was an axe commercial with that. Oh, yeah. You're right. There was. There was. I forgot about that. Like, don't have Jersey Shore hair because this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cusack is super afraid of boats, and he is literally hiding in one of the lifeboats while mm-hmm. they're they're sailing to the island. And I, it comes up several times to the point where, like, did, like, a boat kill your family in an alley after the movie you went and saw? This, like, his mother's pearls were scattered yeah. and there's, like, like, a propeller blade spinning. Did a boat, like, blow up your home planet when you got sent to Earth? Like, well, I'm trying to – give me something here. <laughs> did you – were you the therapist for a boat and you fell in love with the boat and went crazy? Like, what happened? Like, tell me <laughs> – tell me what happened with the boats because I don't get an explanation. <laughs> Uh, we don't ever find out the origin story of the fear of boating. That was Batman, Superman, and Harley Quinn. For I did not know the last one. Harley I was Quinn. like, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that one at all. But I also, I think, I think it's okay. I think that's all right. Um, yeah, he he is very afraid of boats, and they establish like a bunch that he's afraid of boats. And there's never, never an explanation. Nope, nope, nope. It's not even that big of a payoff when he overcomes that fear in the third act because we don't know why he's afraid. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Demi Moore also is like, no, you were pretty great back there. And I was like, he lost all the money. Like, <laughs> can't be that great. It was like more than $1,000. I would think. Because it was hundreds. He threw The first couple were hundreds. I thought they were singles. There were a couple singles in there. Okay. But in any case, we later find out, we're going to jump around a little bit, but we later find out that Demi Moore owes like three grand on the mortgage for the house. And so she had at least a chunk of that. Oh, a solid chunk. Uh I was like, don't tell him he's great. Like, tell him, thank you for saving my life, but also, you lost all that money. Yeah, no, you, you like, yeah, helpful, great, but also, what the fuck, dude? Like, look at me. I have no applicable skills. I don't even have a case for this guitar. I'm carrying no. a loose guitar. I got a loose <laughs> guitar here. Electric I'm, guitar. Yeah, I am clearly not doing that great. So they finally get to the shore, and this is where we meet my friend and yours, Bobcat Goldthwait, who's twins with another guy who doesn't do nearly enough in this movie and i didn't quite get why he was here i didn't either his twin i feel like his twin was from something else i didn't know what i i certainly didn't recognize him 
Uh, so yeah, Bobcat and his twin brother are there. The twin brother's been like a zillion one-off episodes of TV. Um, unfortunately, died from age of the nineties. But they are. They recently got jobs as security guards for a film called Foam 2, which is about a dolphin with rabies. Made by Mondo Pictures. Yeah. Um, the model of the dolphin is kind of amazing. It looks like if... A shark got hit in the face with a bunch of things. <laughs> it looks like... Um, so in like The Lion King... There's the hyena pack, and mm-hmm. then there's like the dopey hyena. Yeah. Or in Finding Dory, there's like the dopey sea lion. It yes. looks like he would be like the dopey shark. Yes. Who in the like crowd, like the the like gang of sharks that have this like dopey dude. Yeah. Um. Hey guys. Yeah. So there's this is a very niche reference, but there's a specific type of shark that you can see at the Baltimore Aquarium. Goblin shark. I don't remember, but its teeth stick out on the bottom and top. Like they don't close. Goblin shark. Goblin shark. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I actually, well, last time I was there with a friend of mine, uh, I was doing like the voice. I was doing the voice you were just doing as that shark. Like, Hey guys, Hey guys, are there any fish left? Like I'm so hungry. (laughs) Guys, guys. I have have to check out my Invisalign. I want to eat these. So, like, it's the whole ordeal. I didn't get any mackerel, and I just, like, I need some mackerel, guys. And so I was doing this bit. I can't have my Invisalign out for longer than an hour. Please. (laughs) And this little kid heard me and, like, was laughing at it a little bit. And it was just this very, like, boy, I hope that child doesn't just repeat my voice later and think that's what, like, did I just anthropomorphize that for that shark? (laughs) You did. So the big bully of the movie shows up, Teddy, and he's he looks dry. exactly like an '80s movie jerk. He looks like Billy Zapka because that's that's who all is he like from the Karate Kid? Oh no, no, no! It's not it's oh. not Billy Zapka, but he oh. looks like Billy Zapka. I was like, he's a blonde, tall, buff dude. Yeah, Billy Zapka is like your prototypical '80s movie villain. He looks like Billy Zapka. He does. He got the sweater over the shoulders. He's got short shorts, boat shoes, pastels, uh, custom license plate. Yeah, what does it say? See you later. Oh, like he's super fast. Uh, so he and his girlfriend get out and immediately start just like coming after these dudes. I don't I couldn't figure out why. Like they're like, we're here to like tow this boat. Yeah. And then, oh, he hits. Uh, actually, they're here to tow this boat. Yeah, I'm here to tow the boat. And we're also part time security on the movie. Phone too. Um, you know, he hits John Cusack with his car and then yells at John Cusack for touching his car. Yes. It's delightful. It's all around spectacular. Uh, and then the the my favorite part is just like with the basketball team in Better Off Dead where they're eating the like little pudding cups. Is it pudding cups? Something infantile. Uh, the girlfriend pulls out a little like Barnum animal cracker box mm-hmm. and hands it to him. He like eats one as like a calming mechanism. Like, oh, it was oh, fine. Oh, it was cute. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. He like rips it open. And uh, I actually <laughs> sidebar, um, we were talking about animal crack. I, I went and got tattoos. Some friends came with me and then I went, we went out to dinner. Did you tell mom yet? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, this is how you're telling her. This yeah, is no, probably, she knows. This is I probably... told her. She, her response was like, don't get any more. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, can... <laughs> I just was imagining like mom's in the car driving to the grocery <laughs> store and it's like, yeah, so I have tattoos now. And she's like, what? <laughs> lane departure <laughs> alert goes crazy she's like frantically calling you at the grocery store in the middle of the day like hey, hey mom i'm at work what's up you have tattoos <laughs> so we went out to dinner with gig yeah uh, and his fiance 
and somehow animal crackers came up and i was like oh i've never been a huge fan like i I think i don't think they have a whole lot of taste to them yeah and someone was like really and i was like yeah like they're like the big puffy animal and they're like do you know what an animal cracker is and i was like yeah they're fucking crackers (laughs) shaped like animals right there in the name i was like the crackers are animals and they come in the big plastic tub and they were like, no, they come in the little box that looks like a, a circus car. I was like, yeah, but also they can come in big plastic tubs. <laughs> There's more than one shaped receptacle. Gig, and Gig was like, no, Andrew, the ones you're talking about aren't the same animal crackers that they're talking about. And I was like, what, are you ta- what do you mean? Like, all animal crackers are animal crackers. And he was like, no, those are like the sort of healthy version that mom gets and they don't taste good. They're not as sweet. Like oh. They're not like cookies. And I was like, oh, are you serious? Because that's why I don't think I don't like animal crackers. That's why I think I don't like animal crackers. Because yeah. those are what I've had. Yeah, and no. Gig, I, I... And Gig was like, yeah, no. The ones in the box are like little cookies. Oh. The ones mom gets are like the healthier version. I see. Yeah, no. I also always thought I didn't like them. But it must be because. And I was like mind blown. And they were like, yeah. Because I was like, yeah, Jack Wagon. I know what an animal cracker is. <laughs> it's a cracker shit animal. Um. <laughs> Uh, so Teddy's sidekick is a pre-hair plugs, but also pre-hair loss, Jeremy Piven. Oh, from Entourage? Yeah. Wait, what? Jeremy Piven was the, the bad guy's sidekick in this movie. The one who called him? From yes. His bri- I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't recognize him? I've never... I didn't watch Entourage. Oh, but like... He's... I'm not a straight bro <laughs> in the early aughts. Okay, listen. Some of us made bad decisions, <laughs> all right? Some of us did things we regret, and some of us some of us did things we regret that aren't so bad, like watched a television show for way too long, even though it was terrible. Um, also, sidebar about HBO programming, because it's not TV, it's, it's HBO. HBO. Uh, I like watched the first few seasons. I've been watching Silicon Valley since it started, and I liked it for a while, but Silicon Valley is the same shit as Entourage, where it's like... Vince ate a bad peanut. The movie's <laughs> off. I'm stealing this bit from College Humor, but like they're like, oh no, wait, turns out it was a regular peanut, just indigestion. Vince is back in the movie. That is every episode of Silicon Valley. Is every really? single episode is like, oh no, something happened and our product is dead. Oh wait, one of the members of our team figured out a new way to pivot our technology project and do it. And I don't know if it's like a meta commentary on how bullshit Silicon Valley is, where it's just like everything you read is just like buzzword after buzzword and nonsense of shifting the paradigm. And like, if I never hear the phrase disrupt the blank ever again in my life, I'll die a happy man. Like, I'm so sick of hearing like, we're disrupting the taxi space. Uh, we're disrupting the rental space. We're just disru- like, everybody's disrupting. Every space is, that, is being. I've never seen Silicon Valley. Is that what that episode's like? No, I'm talking about like real people in the silicon valley not program like actual silicon valley tech people oh really yeah where it's like you know uber oh we're disrupting the taxi space airbnb oh we're disrupting the hotel space oh we're just like stop disrupting everything it doesn't nothing else needs to be disrupted okay you sound like me with the dyson man (laughs) well i'm just saying it sounds like you sound like me with the dyson vacuum man no but here's the thing i like what they're doing i just don't need you to call it disrupting the blank space oh like however it's how the phrase the food phrase deconstructed is yes. the worst phrase in the world yeah. now. It's like the the phrase disrupted the blank space is dumb. The deconstructed chicken salad. No, yeah. that's chicken and a pile of mayonnaise <laughs> on a plate. You put a blob of mayonnaise next to chopped up chicken and, and celery. celery. Like, that's not deconstructed. Just make the you food. You just didn't put it together. Just make my food. If you went through and pulled out all the pieces of chicken and all the pieces of celery, <laughs> that's deconstructed. You had someone in the back carefully scrape mayonnaise off of bits of chicken. Yeah, that's deconstructed. This is unconstructed. <laughs> 
you're giving me raw materials here. Yes. This is not what I intended to purchase. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that's that's my note on HBO programming in case uh, Bill HBO was listening. Uh, I can't believe you didn't recognize Jerry Pivot. That's funny. I, I again, not I didn't watch Entourage. Uh, so the other the other bit that we get introduced to right after that because it jumps around a little bit in the beginning here uh, is a gag I thought I was going to love and didn't where the uncle of uh, Brian, no Joel Murray is trying to win this radio contest and he's holding himself up in a bedroom just staying in there completely at all times. Good. Oh, I was gonna, it reminded me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. When uh, Charlie and Mac get jobs in an office, and Charlie works in the mailroom, yeah, and goes yeah. crazy, yes. he's like, "Carol, Carol, <laughs> there's no Carol." He's just drawing circles he's got on the circles wall, circles on all the, the red. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What are you talking about? No one's gotten their mail in three weeks." <laughs> Carol from accounting is very upset. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just holding himself up up there and refuses to leave or eat or do anything because he was trying to win this million dollar radio contest. Um, and then we get introduced to uh, Booger, Curtis Armstrong, whose dad is the dad from Freaks and Geeks, and he's also on SCTV. Oh. And we definitely talked about him on the show before because he was in something else that we watched, and I'm struggling to remember what it was, but he was definitely in something else that we covered on the show because I remember relaying the anecdote about him being dressed like Dracula. Uh, Joe, F- Joel, no, Joe, Joe Flaherty is the name of the actor, and he was in... Gremlins 2. Back to the Future 2. He's a Western Union guy. Oh! Yeah. Um, But he is the, like, soulmate of the villain troop leader from Troop Beverly Hills. The general guy? You don't think that he and that woman would have been, like, totally dating? Hmm. The like militant. No, yeah, militant they, boy scout guy. They yeah, would no, totally militant pool. boy scout, militant girl that's scout. That's a good pool. That's a they good pool. They would totally be dating. Yeah. No, you're you're probably right. Uh, and disappointed in their own children too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Good pool. Uh, he sent Curtis Armstrong to the beach to collect shells, which you think are seashells, and are actually artillery shells because Curtis Armstrong is on a beach that is getting like actively bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like running around grabbing these these foot long I feel like that would have been a cool set to play because those, those were like real explosions and shit oh yeah the couple of them go off really close to the actors too mm-hmm. like you can see the like the little puff of smoke and then the big yeah, explosion happen it's, it's pretty dangerous looking I'm guessing they all had earplugs in I hope so uh we get introduced to the big bad of the movie and it is Niedermeyer from Animal House who is oh Animal House uh dressed in this movie as if Vincent Price and John Waters had a baby. And raised that baby in Connecticut. In yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. It's got the like the, the Sperry Topsiders. It's, or it's like if, if Vincent Price and, yes. and John Waters were a gay couple in the Edward Scissorhands universe. No, it's as if John Waters and Vincent Price were a gay couple in the John Waters universe. Okay. I mean yeah, but I, I picture the like pastel like craziness. Yeah, John Waters, right? Hairspray? Yeah. Okay. He's a hairspray. He's a hairspray. Okay. I just picture. I don't. I don't picture like the pastel like eighties ness from mm. them. Um. But they're playing on the old wives' tale that lobsters scream when you boil them. Yeah. He because I was like, why does he have a stethoscope around his neck? Yeah. And then he puts it in his ears and he puts the other end into the boiling water and I was like, that's got to be painful. Yeah. Like that's you got to hear. That's a lot of to hear. And then he drops the lobster in and you hear like human screaming. Yeah, yeah. Like wailing, screaming. Mm-hmm. And he's like 
twirling his mustache in delight at the the horror that this lobster is facing, which is which is great. He does like it's a, for the for, until we got a close up as we we started like far away on him and got closer. I really thought for a second it was Vincent Price, and I was like, that would have been lovely. Yeah, really that surprised. Would have been a lovely surprise. Um, and we also see, and I didn't recognize this guy until the very last scene I, of the movie. Aunt Bethany's husband? Uh-huh, from Christmas What's, Vacation. I don't know, his uncle something, but yeah. I know it's Aunt Bethany's husband. He, he drove by and I was like, Aunt Bethany's husband? Yep, it, it is It is him. It's for the gentleman from Christmas Vacation who... And um, he's done a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I'm, I mean a million, billion things, but he also, in both movies, smokes a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's William Hickey is his name, uh, and the character from Christmas. He was Vacation. a member before Christmas too, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the character in Christmas Vacation is Uncle Lewis. I wanted to say Uncle Leo, but that's Seinfeld. Right, right. Uh, but he, so he, he's just like he has one line in the whole movie. It's at the very end. We'll we'll get there at the end, obviously. But he is constantly in the background, wheeling around in an electric wheelchair, surrounded by his POC help. Yeah, like all of their help was POC, and I was waiting yeah. for like a, a line about it yeah, or something. Yeah. No, just just some institutional casual racism. Okay, uh, and also Vincent Price Niedermeyer has a huge, huge model of the condo development he's going to be building. I feel like it's a common like eighties trope. Yeah, enormous models. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. this and this one is especially absurd because of the size of it. It's it's like it's the whole town. Yeah, and it's but the size of the model it's like 20 feet across and it get we'll get to it when it comes back but it comes back in i think my favorite checkoff setup so. that we've ever had um but i don't know what they're made of because he picks up one of the houses and crumples it <laughs> yeah like it's tissue paper yeah. and like popsicle sticks yeah no it's really wonderful he, he picks up the house that Demi moore's family owns and he goes to destroy it because that's what he's going to do to her. It just is like crunches it all up. Um, but he says that she owes like $3,000 in mortgage. Yeah. Which is like, even for 1986, not that much money. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't think so, but I guess that's the point. Cause it has to be attainable with, you know, the equivalent of a bake sale basically. Mm-hmm. Cause she's has like what, two weeks to do or something like that. Yeah. Two, it's, there's it's a like, ticking clock. Yes. It's, it's, it's less it's like than a weeks. month, but yeah. more than a week. Yeah. Um, and, his son is like, yeah, she's a real hippie. She's got that hair and braids, corn husks. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. But they don't, they don't, they don't. A, they're not cornrows yeah. at all. No, they're the size of a cornrow. But there's like four of them. Yeah. And also they're not a, a tight yeah. braid. They're no. a loose braid. Yeah. Um, but I love, I love a good real estate villain. Like we don't yeah. get that anymore, and that's a no. really, really common. I think the trope. real estate corporation was like, "You need to cut this the fuck out." <laughs> big real estate, was yeah. Like, big that's real it. estate was like, "Listen, Universal, <laughs> you knocked this off." Look, we're gonna have like a real big crisis in like fifteen years, and you gotta cool it with us because we're gonna look really bad forever, <laughs> and we're not gonna be able to deal with it. We so need to get out of the hole. <laughs> we need to start building up that goodwill now, so that we don't crash as hard. Uh, but yeah, we don't we don't get like a real estate villain anymore, and that's I'm gonna buy the whole town and turn it into the thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, I guess also you could at the I guess the other thing too is with resort real estate prices, like you couldn't buy a whole town in a resort area anymore unless you had billions of dollars. Oh, you you'd have to already be like a huge name, right? 
so it would be it would be much harder for someone to be like I'm buying this whole town and turning it into blah 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 because they're like no no you're not with what money yeah yeah like, what do you do yeah and then they cut to Demi and uh, John Cusack walking on the beach right next to the Shawshank boat yeah and he's like well they call me Hoops because I'm a basketball player and I was like oh that's why you're called Hoops <laughs> but you don't make any of your shots okay and then he's like but I like to draw and Demi was like. Draw me something. And I was like, that sounds like, an, uh, don't say that to an artist. <laughs> like, don't, like, if you're just getting to know an artist and being cutesy, don't be like, you should draw me something. Don't say that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he whips out a quick sketch, which she definitely doesn't like, but she still says she's, she still acts like she's falling in love. Well, with she him. says, like, he's like, what should I draw? And she's like, me or a gorilla or me and a gorilla. And I was like, <laughs> like those are not simple things. No. The correct thing you want to do is, hey, can I see some of your work? Yeah. What have you drawn that you feel comfortable showing? Me? Yeah, exactly. Not, hey, do your thing for me. Dance, dance, monkey, dance. I'll turn the calliope. <laughs> Just whips out like. <laughs> <laughs> she starts playing that on the electric guitar. <laughs> oh, and then as they go to leave the boat, Cusack gets stuck in the sand. Yeah, the movie I don't I don't think this movie is as steeped in the like dream world yeah. as the first one and that I think is why I couldn't get into it as much because we had gone so long without a like like I mean the dude listening to lobsters is sort of the, in that weird yeah. surreal but it wasn't ridiculous. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, I'm stuck in the dirt. I can't get up." And yeah, he, he was he, like tries literally jumping. in quicksand. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we're back there. Right, we're there. That's the world we're in. Yeah, yeah. So we cut to not Bill Murray's uncle. Yeah, Joel. Joel Murray. And uh, he's, like, running a bath and, like, is, like, halfway between his room and the bathroom, mm-hmm. like, holding his towel, like, listening for the radio to, like, play the thing. Because it's, it's the kind of contest where they're like, if you hear this jingle, call in. And so he's, like, running back and forth. And he tries to, like, bring... I was like, does he only have the one radio? Like, were there no, like... I thought radios in the old, like in the eighties, took like a hundred batteries and could be taken anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it, they weighed forty-eight pounds and they had sixty-five D cells in them. Yeah, they lasted about an hour. Yeah, yeah, enough for you to do like a few b-boy moves and one spin on the cardboard, and then you were done. You could record one sick mixtape. One side of a sick mixtape. Oh, I forgot about sides. Yeah, <laughs> you could do side A, side B. Not quite. Uh, but he he like trips and falls as he enters the bathroom and blows up and gets launched out the window into the canal and it is like an amazing looking stunt yeah it's hilarious because i was like oh god is he gonna die like is that what this movie's gonna go now like everyone's gonna die now but no and and this is like a weird run of the dream logic because you have cusack gets stuck in the sand the uncle gets knocked out of the thing and then they go to the beach and bobcat has a kite and he he's like oh i have to go you you hold this little kid and the little boy gets lifted into the air like whoa 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 and like just up. yeah um and bobcat just runs away and lets him lets him go mm-hmm. so it's like this weird sequence of it and then uh joel murray is buried up to his neck in the sand and bobcat puts a chair over him for shade and a very large man he sits on top of him and he starts eating like a costco-sized tin of chili it's the same thing that kramer feeds the horse Oh yeah, the beef burrito. It's basically the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he farts on him a bunch, and he passes out. And so they they pull him out, and no one wants to give him CPR. 
It's weird. And the medical bag is a toolbox. Yeah, no, and it is. It's this weird. is also where we set up some conflict because the rich guy's girlfriend, the rich guy, I want to call him, I want to call him Trip. Teddy. Because like that feels like the country club name. Be like, <laughs> I would prefer that you didn't call the vi- the villain by my name because that would be confusing as hell. For I know, me. but like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, like yes, Trip is the country his, club his name, name is Teddy. That didn't to me. Teddy doesn't sound Teddy country and club Cookie. enough. Teddy, the, Teddy to me doesn't sound country club enough. If you say it, so. should be like Chadlington. <laughs> Chadlington. That's usually what my friends and I call like if we see country club. Like the other day, we were out and we saw someone in like. Shorts with little lobsters on them, mm-hmm. boat shoes, a polo, and a sweater over his shoulders. Good look. And I was like, guys, Chadlington, Chadlington the fourth just walked in. <laughs> and they were like, what? And they were like, turned around, like, oh my God, you're right. Um, so his girlfriend shows up and is like, hey, disgusting humans, want to help us carry our boat to the water? And Bobcat's like, no. They're really heavy. And John Cusack, John C- I almost said Joan Cusack, would have been a very different movie. <laughs> I want to see. I would love to see this movie with Joan Cusack, but like no one else changes. Like the storyline <laughs> stays the exact. It's Joan Cusack falling in love with Demi Moore, and John Cusack is like, "No, why don't we help these lovely ladies?" And I was like, "Because she's not a good or a nice person." Yeah. Also, boats are heavy as hell, man. Like I, I have. I mean, I guess they they all. It's not like they weren't like they ended up being like all five of them plus the three boys. Carrying it in the water. I pushed one of those boats. Like it's a little sunfish sailboat. I helped push one of those boats to the water, to like up the sand into the water on wheels at the beach last year, and it was six people, and it was hard. Like it was a challenge, and we were not carrying it. So like, no, I would not just sign up for that job. Also, she's a bitch. Yes, uh, and we've talked about this before with beach movies, but I really don't understand the high-waisted bikini because it literally flatters no body type. Oh, I love the high-waisted bikini. The women in this movie are thin, lean, tan-toned, good, in sh- well-in-shape people, and it's like just so much leg. They like it's like a butcher's diagram of a leg. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's too much leg. That's too much leg. I know. I like the high waisted bikini look. It comes up so high that you could like you see where they're like you could see how to take their leg off their body. <laughs> the butcher just comes in with a marker and he's like, and you just slice right here, and the leg is off, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you got a leg out. It's like, like a bar. It's like the Barbie socket. I call it. Yeah, that's what they look like. It's very strange. Um, and like, God forbid, you have an extra ounce of fat on your body because you're donezo. Well, no, that's what the high waist is just for. It helps mask. Some it of that. doesn't because the the high waist part doesn't bring the bikini. Oh, you no, up. I mean, I mean, I don't mean leg fat. I mean belly fat. I know, but the top of the bikini is still below a belly where a belly would be. It's just the straps are very high. It's like a weird. Wait, oh, you're not talking about like you're talking about a high cut, not a high waist. Yes. Okay. Never. They're two different things. The high, the 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 the, the, the bathing suits in the movie. I know. I you said a high waisted, and my head was like, oh, like a high waist bathing suit. Um, you mean like the eighties cut? Where I'm talking about eighties bikinis. What the hell are you talking about? A high waisted bathing like suit, like granny panty things. Yes. That come, okay, no, we're talking about eighties bathing suits. You said high waisted. That's not what that means. <sighs> well, uh, you know, we're talking about this movie. <laughs> didn't you see the bathing suits in the movie? I didn't remember them that well. I just assumed that it could have been in a high waisted bathing suit. Well, I think it's high waisted. That's not what high waisted means. The you're, waist you're is wrong. high. No, that's not what the waist is. You jack wagon. Well, Those are what is this called then? Those are high cut. All right. Well, they show a high waist means it goes up your waist well the the top of this is high that's it's the waist part 
No, that's not a high-waisted bikini. Okay, well, we're talking... It's a high cut. You're exasperating. We're talking about One Crazy Summer. Why would I be talking about, just out of nowhere, these bathing suits that are, like, commonly famous now? I didn't remember the bathing suits in the movie. You're a crazy person. There aren't a, I don't, there aren't a lot of scenes with the women on the beach. I know. But just, like, this is a picture of Heather Locklear in one of them, and it's like, what? Th- why? This is a weird amount of length. It's, it's like a regular bathing suit, but they pull it over, like, above their hip bones. Yeah. Like, yank it way up. It's 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 strange. And I'm not I'm not body shaming. They're all very attractive people in this movie. I just don't get... Well, it's. I think that's just sort of what was what 80s, like, leg oh, lines look oh, like. Oh, absolutely. Like, the leotards oh, yeah, all I know. cut, like... To, like if your leotard, leotard leg hole didn't go all the way up to where your rib cage ended, yeah, and then back down again, like it wasn't a leotard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she offers to take Cusack out in the boat, which I tell you from personal experience, two people on a sunfish is a tight squeeze. It wasn't two people; it was like eight people. No, she says there's room for one more, and he says no, and then she goes out by herself, and all of her friends just watch her go. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, she oh, does not weird. take the five girls with her because five people literally would sink that boat. I think. See, I thought it was bigger than a sunfish. No, it's about the exact size of one. Uh, so he rejects, and she's like, "Well, how about we? Uh, how about we go to the drive-in or something?" And he's like, uh, "Don't you have? Don't you have a, a boyfriend or something?" And she's like, "He'll be at a reception." And I was like, "Why won't you be at the reception?" <laughs> yeah, she calls it like some dumb reception repeatedly. Um, so, and this is why do you think they picked a rhino for him? I imagine that Steve Holland liked to draw rhinos. Oh, do you think he's he's the artist? He's an animation guy now. Like he does mostly animation and kid shows. So okay, I, I was just curious why, like why a rhino for that? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. There was no logical movie reason to me, so I assumed it was just a preference thing. Um, and we get one of my favorite dream sequence bits here. They go to have dinner at Joel Murray's house. And it's Joel and the twins and, and Cusack, and they have dinner, and they're like, oh, man, it was so good, Mrs. Whatever Your Name Is. She's like, oh, thank you, guys. It's so great to serve you. Do you need anything else? Dessert? Coffee? And they're like, no, we're, we're totally stuffed. She's like, great. And she whips out a waitress pad and writes down the total and tears it off and drops it down. She's like, whenever you're ready. And I just it's just such a nice little lovely moment. I wish I still had. Well, I, that's all right. the restaurant I served that didn't even have waiter pads like that. So The little plastic trays. No, not at all. Like you, they literally didn't even provide us with like pad of paper to write on anymore. They were like, "That's not worth it. You're gonna, you can figure something out." Like they, they used to give us like a little pad. With, yeah. Like you, you could tear, like take the order and tear it off and throw it away when you're done. Yeah. They stopped providing that like a month into me working there. So you had to buy your own. I was like, "Do you expect me to buy my own?" Like, no, you can like, you hit the feed button on the printer and just take out a couple sheets of paper. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> It's cheaper to buy the roll of paper. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and this wasn't like a mom and pop small. Like, this was like yeah. a well-known chain restaurant. And uh, I was like. It was Bluebird Burgers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Oh, fine. Okay, fine. Luckily, like, I had a, a crap load of old, like, top spiral bound notebooks from, being, like, collecting them as a kid. So I just used a couple of those that I like needed to get rid of anyways and was never going to use. So I just was like, here, this is my work. This is my right, right. This is my notebook. How right. strange. I know. Uh, so we get to the the drive-in, and it is a double feature of Chainsaw Date and Hemorrhoids from Hell. Seemed like fun. Yeah, yeah. So did they play the Let's All Go to the Lobby thing before drive-ins? Because drive-ins didn't really have lobbies. 
Yeah, it was a thing. They had a big concession stand. I know, but I would like I wouldn't have thought like lobby. Um, I will uh, tell you. I just went to the drive-in myself. There's uh, one in uh, York, Pennsylvania that I I have been to twice. And, Wait, really? Yeah, it's called Hairs H A A R S. Oh, I would have. Uh, but the drive-in that I went to just so I went there last time I was there was 2014 when the Last Guardians came out, and they did the classic like let's all go to the lobby, and then this year they had had somebody do like an updated version for their theater that was the right amount of cheesy for what you want because you want it to be a little retro and goofy and it, it was the right amount of that but updated for for modern time I like that their, yeah um i also found that let's all go to the lobby stuff online and use it when i do my movie screens in the backyards for fr- my friends i'll put them in as like interstitials and stuff i love that it's so much fun yeah um so they're having a drive-in date and uh we get a my favorite well, I keep saying my favorite, but there's a couple of really good pieces of dream logic in the, in this bit. And the best one is she asks, she, she tries to put a move on him and he's like, nope, 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 nope. I will uh, see you in a bit. Uh, can uh, just, uh, I'll be right back. And he ducks out of the car. I'll get some snacks. He also was hiding behind a tree again. Yeah. <laughs> we, we forgot to say that. Oh, that's right. This is third the movie third movie in, in a row. row. Yeah. Wait, does that mean the streak is alive? For now. Like, no, from back when we had the streak with, did we lose it? Remember we had like a weird streak going where we had a connection between the movies? Oh, I don't know. We might have we have to go What to, was the from short from uh Heartbeeps to well, what was before Heartbeeps? It was Andrew programs the the show, so Oh yeah, we didn't have a connection there, from it, Heartbeeps. There might have been one. I we, don't we, there's the gap that we lost it between uh Big Business and There Heartbeeps. might I feel like there might have been one. We'll we'll check and get back to you. Yeah, somebody somebody fact check that and 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 get back to us online. But he he gets knocked over and drops her popcorn that she asked for. So it cuts like right from that to him getting in the car and he drops in the box of snacks and he's like, "Hey, I'm back." And she's like, "Where's my popcorn?" And he whips up the the plastic garbage bag Santa sack of popcorn and throws <laughs> it into the car. And she she proceeds to demolish the entire bag like Cool Hand Luke style, which I totally could do. <laughs> I I think you would die. I think you're. I think you would shrivel up like a slug from all that salt. <laughs> no, because you'd still be drinking. I mean, but the movie... you'd need like a hamster bottle clipped <laughs> to the outside of your car. Yeah, like, you know they used to clip the the speaker to yeah, your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the hamster. Yeah, yeah. That's bottle. what you would need because holy crap, holy crap, that is a lot of. Uh... It's not Disney's popcorn because Disney popcorn is just salt in a bag. Well, movie theater popcorn is close. Well, my boyfriend doesn't like to put butter on the popcorn. Because he's a monster. I don't either. It's not butter. It's like weird butter flavor. I don't care. Uh, so he, so when he gets popcorn, he like he'll like pop, he'll butter like half of it, and he'll be like, "This is your half." But no. and so we'll we'll split it. That you, way. you would be requiring you to purchase your own. You'd be have to get a second. You'd have to bring your own bag so I could put it in. You could ruin it with that weird oil flip, butter flavored oil. Oh, I love butter flavored oil. <laughs> butter explosion is the best popcorn. No, thank you. Real butter, yes. Weird corn oil flavored like butter. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Bobcat during this time is supposed to be standing guard of Teddy and letting uh, Cusack know if Teddy leaves the thing he's at. And he's also working and standing guard of this prop tent for the, the foam shoot. And he puts on this like rubber Godzilla well, suit. Well, first there's like a five minute sequence of him like thumbing through the costumes and like talking to himself, like yeah. a full on conversation with himself yeah, about them. Yeah, it's a little sure weird. Yes. And then he puts on the Godzilla suit, and this costume did not have any zippers. No. But they have. They're like 
Okay, now you're going to grab, you're going to put your hand in each corner of the costume and pull it to the middle, and we're going to put in a zipper sound effect in post. It'll be fine. Because <laughs> I was like, where are those zippers? They, they would have been in the back. Yeah, they yeah. would not be here. No, no. Uh, but he climbs in, and then he can't get out. And so he's stuck in this Godzilla suit, and he realizes it's 9 o'clock. So he has to run to this thing, this gala, to see what Teddy's got going on. And he's in the Godzilla suit hiding in the bushes, and that's what Much when... like Sean Spicer. <laughs> he and yes. Sean Spicer that's in the bushes be, together. That's going to be so dated by the time this airs. Um, I don't. I hope not. I hope that it gets remembered forever. Um, but the uncle from Christmas Vacation throws a cigar into his... Uh, open maw lizard mouth i guess godzilla mouth and so they play the godzilla music and he comes like storming out stomping like wide-armed slow motion stomping screaming screaming with the smoke billowing out of it and people go running in terror and then he proceeds to stomp and smash all over condo town or whatever the hell it's, it's called so brilliant it's amazing it's the best checkoff setup i think we've had in any of our movies Chekhov's godzilla town is delicious so um, Cookie Cookie annihilates this whole bag of popcorn. She's like, "All right, let's go to make out point." And he's like, "What? Well, your lips are going to be so salty. Like, I don't, I don't want to kiss you also, at all." You came to the movies to buy a bag of popcorn and then leave. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that probably all together probably cost them like eight dollars. I know. oh god. If only. <laughs> um. So as they head to make out point, which I guess is on the beach. Cause they get out of the car later. Mm-hmm. The Joe Flaherty is there with his boy scout troop. And he is like giving them the business of like, Oh, someone's going to die and you got to save their lives. He's and- like in a survival scenario. If you come across a survivor, it's important. You don't let them make any decisions or talk or let them speak, like do everything for them and just make them do it. And I yeah. was like, that is not anything you should tell anybody. No. Yeah. No, that is no. problematic. Pro- horrible. <laughs> So they encounter Cookie, and she's like, what? And she runs away. And then they encounter Cusack, and they proceed to mummy him in bandages. And then Cookie comes back, and she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, run! And they're like, save her, too! <laughs> and he's all Boris Karloffing his way yeah. after her, like stiff-armed and legged everywhere. Uh, and so she almost gets hit by her boyfriend, Teddy, in the car. And she's like, mm-hmm. uh, oops, and his weird friends came after me. And then... Cusack almost gets hit by Joel Murray on a little moped and he hops on and he's like, tra- it's almost like monster squad. Where I like the mummy is trailing. Yeah. So he's like trailing mummy, mummy bandages behind and they're running to the do drop in, which is where uh, Debbie Moore was playing her show, trying to get there in time to, to go hear her. And the, the place is all closed up and whatever. And then, as I said before, there's this weird basketball sequence where Teddy's going to beat the piss out of these guys. And Demi Moore shows up and is like, no, you're not. I bet you $100. You can't beat him at basketball. And I was like, whoa, we are putting a lot of stock into something we've never seen, Demi Moore. Additionally, how does Demi Moore have $100 for playing a gig for three people? Because that is a very out-of-whack pay scale. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can I get booked there where it doesn't matter who shows up and yeah. you get paid $100? Yeah, because like, we could do this podcast for $100. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we could do this podcast for no people for $100. We do that now for no dollars. Like, If you have a bar... Sign me up. Yeah, if you have a bar, it's a need of entertainment for a very small audience. We'll come. We'll do that. Uh, so... They decide to, like, make a basketball hoop out of booger, and then they unscrew a lamp. And, and it bounces. And it's a basketball. It just is a basketball. And it's, it's like, the dream logic stuff to its, to Cause its I was degree. Like, I was like, are they each going to throw it once and, like, hope it doesn't shake? Like, they're going to unscrew two and they each get one shot? Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, they're going to bounce. It's a basketball now. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and he Cusack gets his ass kicked, and then Demi Moore is like, "Hey, uh, what do you know about the something corporation?" And they're like, "What? I don't know." She's like, "They make mace," and she just maces the shit out of all of them, <laughs> and it's they run away. Awesome. Uh, so cut to the next morning. Demi is still mad at Cusack. She's passing out flyers for her show, which is literally a just horrible flyer. It's it's literally just a centered with a typewriter. Cassandra at the Dewdrop Inn and the date. A full eight and a half by eleven. Yeah. With that in like size 12 times New Roman. Yeah, that's like a really big waste of paper. Mm-hmm. At that point, just hand out business cards. Yeah, or like put a bunch on one page. I don't know, maybe draw something. I don't, lit- literally anything beyond like your name, the venue, and the date. Yeah, it's it's whack is what it is. And then uh, Cusack hatches a plan to help her, and he's, he's like, all right, guys, we're, we, you got to help me. We got we to figure this out. And they see the foam dolphin out in the water filming, and they're like, oh, it looks as real as Superman. And there's, then Joel Murray, who had been like paddling in the water on a little floatable thing, gets his raft popped and he launches like Superman. Mm. They play like a little. It does. I don't think it's the actual John Williams music, it's but it's like close. close. And he goes like Supermaning up and then lands. Yeah. He lands under the fat guy's chair again and has to get the paramedics once again. Uh, so animation montage of them helping out Demi Moore. They're all artists, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah, he turns them into like a classic assembly line animation studio where it's like everybody has one job. They just repeat on all the panels mm-hmm. and they make a little cartoon that they sneak to the drive in and play with their own projector, which is like pretty picture dope. in picture. Yeah, that yeah. used to be a thing Remember yeah. when that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can watch two basketball games at once, except one is the size of a dollar bill and you can't hear anything. Yeah. Um, I remember our uncle used to say he'd watch hockey in the picture in picture and just look for guys throwing their arms in the air because it mean they scored. He would switch and watch the replay. Well, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always like. I was like, I could watch two cartoons at once. And yeah. I never knew how to work the picture in picture. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever knew how to work the picture in picture. Except our uncle, apparently. Well, yeah, but other than him, I think all people were like, you just hit the button and it flips it, and it never flipped it. It no. just would mute it or change the channel. It was never good. <laughs> Why is it? Why does it say aux in? <laughs> I, that's that doesn't even feel like an option. RCV, what? So they trick a whole town into giving a shit about this girl's performance. Yeah, they do like flyers, and they're passing out flyers. There's like a whole big montage of of getting people to go to Cassandra's show, and then one of them hands a flyer for her show to Demi Moore, who's like, "What's going on here?" And she sees Cusack across the street, and there's this like little glimmer of love in her yeah, eyes, and the head nod up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we go from that. At the end of the montage, cutting to our old pal Niedermeyer Vincent Price, who's shooting lobsters with a crossbow and making his son crank them around and around. Yes, it's very dangerous. It's in what universe are the lobsters going to be swirling like that? Yeah, and also like I, I get that he wants to hit a moving target, but why is why isn't it just a target? Like why do you have to kill a creature? Also, like I don't know why wouldn't you just like tie like string them up? From a tree. Right, but, like, why wouldn't you just shoot your arrows at, like, a piece of paper? Because he wants to hit lobsters. I know. I get that. But why? It's not even an efficient way to kill a lobster. It's not. <laughs> it's the, probably the least efficient way to kill a lobster. I would think so. Um, And so he, he is, well, like... Especially because, like, you don't... You, like, kill the lobster right before you cook it, or you cook it alive. Yeah. Like, those are the options yeah. for lobster. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, like, kill it and be like, well, we'll wait around. Yeah, yeah. No, you want to you cook it like immediately um he also is like have you seen this flyer and he crumples it up and sticks it on the spear and then shoots the spear at his kid and then teddy has to like tear it off and read it and i just love that nonsense mm-hmm. of like it's literally like a 10 foot shot but he shoots it at him 
Um, and he's like, you got to stop this girl. She might make money at this thing. You know, we can't have her buying back a mortgage, blah, 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 blah. But like what venue would have her back after four people showed up to her gig? I don't know. Especially after they had to pay her a hundred bucks for that. Yeah, it is. It's very weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess the do drop in and Nantucket doesn't have like <laughs> the biggest talent roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there's this little moment where she's like getting ready for a show and Cusack's like standing there with her in her bathroom and they're talking and something gets dropped and they both go to pick it up. And as she stands up, she like moves the door and it cracks Cusack in the forehead and he goes ass over tea kettle down the stairs and out the front door. And I, I laughed really it is a very fun It's really moment. good. It was really unexpected. And the tumble is really well choreographed. Um, I laughed, I laughed really hard at that. So the, um, John Cusack's friends decide to like help with and like yeah they're because it's lo- the lobster log is the restaurant mm-hmm. that he's go that the rich dude wants to make on her on Demi Moore's land right so they like shoot a rocket launcher at a boat in the water and so they all run over to see what exploded and they quick like kidnap all the lobsters yeah, it's a lobster heist they lobster nap yeah and they drive like on the grass and I was like where are they and I was you like might even say it's like oceans 11 but like, like oh first. okay i was like but where's the 11 coming um and then they dump these lobsters into a pool yeah which they would all die. instantly die that you would cool. have a bunch of sad floating carcasses of lobsters <laughs> you have a lot of dead lobsters in that pool. yeah I, yeah i would assume they would float but maybe not but they would all be dead i mean i, w- I kind of wish they tossed them into a hot tub and then a bunch of like bright red lobsters <laughs> popped up like they threw the like blood red black lobsters into the hot tub, and then a bunch of like bright red ones just like floated to the surface. Uh, they made a uh, whirlpool into lobster stock. Yeah, and it's the pool of the rich kid who loves to swim laps, and he's as he's swimming laps, they hear the, they play the Jaws music, like just straight up the Jaws. It's music. It's really good. It's really good. And he gets attacked by lobsters. Yeah, they're all. One grabs his leg. One's on his nose. And I love that he like reaches up for Cookie's help, and you think it's like, oh, help me out of the water, and he just yanks her ass into the pool so, so he, he can, can get, get out. out. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, so we cut from that to it's a packed house for Cassandra's show. It's like people hanging off the walls. Well, was your singing voice like a famous person? I thought it sounded a lot like Demi Moore. Oh, really? I I mean I I I don't think it necessarily was her, but it just it sounded like her to me. I, I I'm checking checking now, but um yeah I. I thought it sounded more like her voice than these tend to be where they have somebody else, you know, show up and just like do all the the singing for the person. Yeah, she performs her own songs. Oh. Yeah, looked it up. Uh written by other people obviously, but performed by uh performed by her. It also feels more like a like a party, like a barn hoedown than it does a concert. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely more casual. Uh, and then so she makes a shitload of money, and she goes to the bank and is like, "Hey, here's all the money I owed you." And they're like, "We're sorry, he's much richer than you, and he bought your mortgage." And I was like, "Is that a thing you can do? You can like if someone's like if you're like, hey, you have a week to pay this back, and then some like the next day some rich person walks in and is like, I want to buy that. Like, that's how that works. I I mean." I guess the banks are able to sell your mortgage to somebody else. Like, I, I know that's a thing that can happen. Like, it theoretically could happen, especially if, like, banks consolidate. Mm. But I don't know that it would be... Like, it seems insane that it would be legal for a private individual to walk into a bank and, like, hey, I want to buy Andrew Leno's mortgage. And that would be okay. 
like without your consent. That seems insane categorically. I but, think so. But who knows? This is a weird place we live. So sometimes stuff is totally fine and you think like that doesn't seem fine. Like eh, this it's is fine. Don't worry about it. And so they're like, all right, what we have to do is win this regatta and then we'll trade him the trophy for your house, which like in any universe is a bad trade because he didn't win that trophy. It's not going to satisfy the need to win if you beat him. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not what grandpa. Yeah. That's how uncle Leo, it's not what uncle Lewis wants. Right. And I feel like what needed to happen is like they needed to pull ahead and then be like, all right, we'll let you win if you give us the house. And they have to like have that. That would have been great if they had a shouting match, yes. like if they pulled up bullhorns. Uh huh. Uh huh. I would have loved that, and it would have fit the dream logic of the movie, but it is, it is not. Or they like did the pirate swing yes. across the boat. Um, and so I said earlier that I was excited about uh, Chekhov's tiny condominium model, but what I was more excited about was Chekhov's Shawshank boat because Booger is like, "Hey, I got the perfect boat for us," and he brings it in, and he's like. Needs a little work, but it'll be fine. And the boat has he fish it, falling out of he it. He like, does the like double tap, and then the, the sign for the boat falls off the boat. Yes, yes. Uh, the boat has holes in it and stuff. So we get, just like in Summer Rental, a fixing the boat up montage. Turn it around montage. Yes. Uh, sadly, no Jimmy Buffett here. I know. Uh, I missed him. So they run through and fix it up, and they decide they're, they're christen it, and it's just called The Boat. <laughs> Which is delightful. <laughs> I loved that. That was so dumb. Yeah. Uh, and they give Hoops a Viking helmet. They're like, well, a captain needs a helmet. And he's like, I'm not I'm not getting on that boat. And they're like, no, we decided you're getting on the boat. And he's like, no. Absolutely not. No. I, I hate boats. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're going to love this one. Because <laughs> this is a movie. And you don't get to not be here for this. It's okay, we're going to leave Demi Moore behind, even <laughs> yeah. though it's her house at stake, and she seems very vested in this, invested in this project, but she can't come, but she you can. She can't even be on the damn boat. No, there's not enough room for her. Um, and so this regatta is interesting in that there's a paddle portion and a sailing yeah, portion. Yeah, what and the hell portion. is this, like, triathlon? Yeah, it is. It's a triathlon, and... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wasn't ready for triboflon. <laughs> that sounds like a drug, yeah, it, like yeah. a prescription drug for like psoriasis or depression. <laughs> That's a weird either like, or. Triboflon. Side effects may include death, <laughs> nausea, headache, fever, chills. Speak with your doctor about adding triboflon to how, your antidepressant. How could fever be one and chills be another? Aren't those opposite <laughs> things? How can one drug cause both of those? <laughs> um. Extreme hunger, loss of appetite. <laughs> They're like, oh, this boat needs an engine. And the other twin pulls. They have this tiny engine that's like the size of a, a rotary phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, that's um, that's like three VHSs stuck together for you kids. I mean, wait, uh, 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 like 10 iPhones. <laughs> it's like iPod classics. Like four of those. Yeah. They're, the twin pulls in in the douchebag's car and he's got like a little blood pulls in the douchebag's car he's got like a little blood trickling off his nose and bobcat's like did he hurt you where did he hurt you so they steal his car engine for their boat which is just delicious can you just do that like can a car engine just be like put in a boat and be like well with like serious engineering changes absolutely can you just cut off the back half of a car no, obviously <laughs> not that i mean an engine is an engine is an engine Fair enough. Uh, boat engines are... Eloquence. Yeah. <laughs> well, boat <laughs> engines are, uh, you know, they turn a paddle, uh, or they turn a... <laughs> Christ on a cracker. 
<laughs> no more late night podcasting. Boat engines turn a propeller, which is a slightly different, you know, operational method. Ten thirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not like one in the morning in the weeds. This is ten thirty. Uh, listen. Uh, I don't have a good excuse for you. Um, but yeah, so th- th- yes, theoretically, the engine could work. It would take, I think, a pretty good amount of effort, but it- it's not impossible. But then um, John Cusack runs away, and he's like, I don't like boats. And then John Cusack runs away from everyone, and, and then Moore goes after him. He's like, what's wrong? He's like, a radioactive boat bit me when I was a kid. <laughs> and I was like... And now I am a boat. <laughs> and now I am a boat. If I do my hand like this, the propeller comes out. And she's like, I think you just haven't had a good experience on a boat. And then she kisses him. And I was like, I guess it's fine now. <laughs> and, he's, and then he stands up and he's like, that's my secret. I'm always boating. Yeah, I'm I'm always a boat. And then he like, form of fairy. And he just turns into like a, <laughs> an ocean liner. Um, so there's this really beautiful shot that is totally out of place in the movie of in the pre-dawn light, the boat is backing out of the thing and there's a beautiful shooting star and it's just like a scene from Jaws. Yeah. I mean, it's just literally a scene from Jaws, the boat pulling out in the pre-dawn light and the shooting stars and everything, but it's so out of place in this movie. I agree. Um, it was just weird. Like it's beautiful and arty. It just is like, why is this in my wacky summer hijinks comedy? Like, oh, it's weird. You have you have a dumb voice guy in this. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, so they they get out there. They start doing the race, paddling, sailing, and then the engine. And in the sailing portion, uh, Vincent Price Niedermeyer pops out of the bottom of the boat just out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I brought I brought this crossbow just in case. And he just shoots the the halyard, the rope that holds the sail on the Cusack boat, and it just like you know falls down. And he, you know, he's like all braggadocious about having knocked them out of the race. And then Cusack, they cut to this overhead shot. And I'm like, wow, that was kind of a weird thing. And you can see the little hoop loop that the the sail goes through. And then Cusack like looks down and picks up this ball. And it's like, oh, God, are we going to do a basketball thing? And he he ties the rope to it. Just as like a perfect shot, even though it's I think I don't know what's worse. The angle of that boat jumping onto the ferry or the angle of the ball leaving his hand in relation to the hoop that it's supposed to go through. I think the, the car to me is the worst. But they're both really off. Oh, they're awful. They're horrible. Uh, so it goes through and then, you know, they're like, oh, we can hoist our sail. And they, you know, like quickly, you know, hoist it back up and then they, they get to go. And, and as they're doing that, uh, the douche boat is just attacking other boats willy nilly. There's just no. There's it's no, like Mad Max. Yeah, there's but no boats. Or uh, which I guess is effectively Waterworld. T- twisted metal boat edition. <laughs> oh my god! I wish <laughs> I would play the hell out of that game. <laughs> but that's what it is. The it's, ice cream boat. Yeah, they're like they start hitting guys with a paddle and like knock a dude off. They 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 hit a thing and a like, dude gets knocked out and knocked off the boat. I didn't. I said it as a joke, but I think I, I guess Waterworld is the Mad Max boat edition, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's that's accurate. That's <laughs> just what that movie is. Yeah. But I also like. There has to be a rule about starting the race with X number of people and also finishing it with X number of people, because otherwise you could get a huge advantage by just like jumping off of the boat at one point. I think so. I think that I think that's totally how that would play. And I know that Booger like jumps off that boat boat to save a person's life. But they should probably have gotten disqualified. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also had a little girl piloting a small. See that that was not. They didn't know about her. No, but still. Yeah, I mean, she also was she's related. a sociopath, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, probably. But she did spend the whole movie having her dog get made fun of, so maybe that just affected her. I guess. Um. But yeah. So 
Booger saves the drowning guy, and then the the, the dolphin hits the, the the foam dolphin, the fake one, hits the boat of the douchebags, and Vincent Price Niedermeyer falls in the water, and then it eats him, but he's not dead. You can still hear him shouting. Mm-hmm. But there's these the great... mouth shot is so awesome. Yeah, it's it's from inside the mouth as he's like reaching for it. Um, but my favorite is like after it chomps him, there's these very fake looking legs sticking out of the thing yeah. at like a perfect forty five degree so angle. Great. Yeah, and then the little girl pops out of a little hatch and just like looks at the dudes. And Does she have him. one line in this whole movie? I don't think she says a word. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they get to the engines on portion and John Cusack is like, all right, I got to blow the blah, blah, blah. And he like, there's a little tiny explosion, explosion and part of the boat goes flying. And then they, you know, kick the engine on and rev it into high gear. And the barnacle starts like soaring past the douche boat. And they're like, what? Well, what is that? What? And they give him the finger as they go by all four guys. I'm like, what is their engine? And then they see the back of his it literally car. It's just the back half of the yep, car. Yep. That they just like plopped right in there. Um, so big win, obviously. And then we get some like quick wrap ups on the, on the dock where the little girl's back and Bosco. 12 turn- month wrap up, wrap, wrap, wrap up. Wait, what? From 30 rock. Oh, uh, 12 month wrap up, wrap, wrap, wrap up. Uh, turns out Bosco was pregnant and had a bunch of babies who also all inexplicably. Bosco's the dog, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, turns out all of Bosco's puppies have plastic collars on as well for reasons unknown. And... Uh, Booger's dad is like, I'm very proud of you, son. Everyone on the island knows of your bravery. And he's like, Can I keep the Can I keep the bazooka? And he's like, We'll talk about that. How Come about, home. How about a nice hot chocolate? Uh, and then so we get to Uncle Lewis from uh, Christmas Vacation, and Teddy is like a final showdown with Cusack and and uh, Demi Moore. And he's like, Look, I'll give you the trophy. You give us the contract. And he's like, No. Like, this is worth way more than that dumb trophy that I didn't win. And it's like, oh, yeah, because that was a dumb idea y'all had. I thought, he no, he took the trophy. And then Uncle Lewis takes it. And he's like, the real prize is friendship. And he hands her back the contract to her house. And the trophy. Yes. So they get both. They do. So cut to crazy uncle listening to the radio. And he makes the phone call. And he's the 50th caller. And he's like, so excited, so excited. And he rips the phone cord out of the wall in his excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point he spies the bazooka hanging on the wall, and they shoot. He, you know, he they cut away, and it cuts to uh, the radio station, voiced by Rich Little, famous voice guy. Okay. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, there's a missile in- missile incoming," and, and then he, he gets runs blown out the up. front door. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, the twins decide to roast marshmallows. marshmallows on the burning thing, and that's uh, that's all we got for One Crazy Summer. I do feel like I would have thought this. I would have pegged this movie for one of those like pan through the people and the as the movie is ending and like freeze on them to be like, this is what happened to this. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I almost like it. it felt like that's what this movie needed. Or, yeah, where what that that would have been this movie. No, I it totally would have been in tone with what was going on here. Uh, what are your final thoughts on uh, One Crazy Summer? I almost said Better Off Dead. I like it not as much as Better Off Dead, but I, I I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's a soft recommend. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I think Better Off Dead is the way more entertaining of the movies. I think it it does a lot more funny, like the 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 absurdity and hyper realism and and or hyper absurdism and the dream stuff is way cooler to me and Better Off Dead. I just wanted more of it here. I was excited that, that we would get that stuff again, and we didn't get as much as I'd hoped for. Um, 
But I did like this. I mean, I, if you like Better Off Dead, you'll probably also. Oh enjoy yeah, this. exactly. And there's a few like I I laughed out loud like two or three times in this. So. I, yeah, there's definitely some real laughs in there. It's just, yeah. It just, I don't think it was as overall enjoyable and compelling as Better Off Dead was. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I also think the the romantic part of Better Off Dead is way more uh, developed than in this one, which is kind of tacked on. Like yeah, the, it's, it just sort of is there. Uh, the, is it Monique the actor the the character? Oh in, yeah, Monique. Uh, yeah, the Monique and John Cusack story is way more developed than the Demi Moore John Cusack story. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty fun one uh, and a great kickoff for the summer, which is really the reason that we did it. Yeah. Um, we will let you know what our next movie is. I think y'all are gonna be excited. I think y'all are gonna be excited for this one. Um, but before we do that, just a couple of quick things. Please don't forget to rate the show wherever you get it. It's uh, Dissecting the 80s on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get the show. Uh, helps us out the most on iTunes just because that's the biggest platform for this stuff. But we'll take it anywhere you give it to us. And as always, we read those on the air. So if you want to hear your words on here, let us know. If you want to get more of us, dissectingthe80s.com has all those details. Uh, Facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s and Twitter.com slash dissectomania. Also, occasionally on the Instagram at Dissecting the 80s. Um, as always, get in touch with us and tell us how you found the show. We love hearing from folks. It's always fun for us to get someone to reach out and be like, hey, I found you this way and I like the show or whatever. Uh, or you're a bunch of idiots, which is also fine. So we are following this up. Our next episode is going to be June 19th. We will be watching Transformers, the cartoon film. That's right. They're more... To tie into the loud, monochromatic cgi garbage that is whatever next transformers movie is subtitled transformers the final frontier knights of the round table transformers they're fighting with swords in the trailer that's not a bit i know i think it's knights transformers 11 yeah uh knights of the there's gotta be a pun hang on give me a second uh transformers 11 sir lancebot so we will be doing the throwback orson welles voiced Transformers cartoon, yeah, I believe it's that. I believe that's the one. It's the. I'm pretty sure it's the last thing he ever did. Some also, I heard the phrase Octopus Prime, and it is the only thing I want to see now. Ew, what would that be? Like in Octopus Transformer, like in Transformers Beast Wars, which is what I was familiar with. Oh, I thought you were doing like a weird. I don't know what it was, but Octopus I, Prime. Yeah, I don't know. It was like it was ring. the the the. By the way, the voice cast for this. Hold on to your hold on to your hat here. Hold on to your butts. Uh, Judd Nelson, Robert Stack. That's the, the unsolved mysteries guy, um, Frank Welker, of course, who Duh. does uh, yes, every you. every yeah, legally required to do all voice acting. Uh, Scatman Crothers, who is in The Shining, uh, Casey Kasem, the famous radio DJ guy. Okay, Leonard Nimoy. What? Yep. Uh, Frank Welker is credited like six times on this he list. He must do a lot of them. He he certainly does. Uh, Eric Idle. Ah, what? And. Orson friggin' Wells. That is crazy. Yeah. No, it's pretty, it's pretty silly. Uh, Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. Not So we'll be back on June 19th to talk about Transformers. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have been Trip Lano. And I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.